and welcome to National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And I really think we're all in for a treat today. Oh boy. Not only are we in for a treat because this episode is really interesting, we are in for a treat because I am in a very silly, goofy mood. Perfect. And we all know how that uh, makes the podcast episodes, like, so much more entertaining. For sure. But also, that combined with the fact that today we're going to be exploring the life and times and careers of some minor character actors in National Treasure and National Treasure 2, sort of a where are they now episode. I had so much fun preparing for this, and I know, Em, I specifically asked you not to look at the outline in advance, so I'm really excited for some of your candid reactions about the revelations I have to share. One of them is excellent. I'm, I am prepared to react strongly to everything. And I'm very excited for you to low-key love this episode, because if I remember correctly, you were low-key judging me about making this an episode. I mean, when are we not low-key judging each other? Fair point. I mean, and we did admit that to John Turtletop on air, so. <laughs> so, Aubrey, let's, let's, let's get rolling here. What's the first thing we have to do? Well, Emily and listeners, the first thing we must do is admit to our screams from Parkington Lane. Screams from Parkington Lane, as the initiated will know, is our regular acknowledgement that National Treasure has taken over, some might say destroyed, our lives, but only in the best way. Um, Some could say that Shaw, when he fell into the Parkington Lane pit, his life was also destroyed. Uh, For us, it's a little more positive because we absolutely love everything having to do with National Treasure. So when it creeps into our day-to-day lives, we welcome it with open arms and we scream about it here on the podcast. So Emily, uh, do you have a scream to share this week? I do. So I recently saw uh, the film uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Okay. For those of you that do not know, this is a superhero movie. It takes place in the DC extended universe, though unclear how relevant it is because everything's getting rebooted, kind of some things. I don't know. Anyway, this is uh Zachary Levi in it. He voiced Flynn Rider in Tangled, um, and was also on a show called Chuck. Um And he is a young child who, when he says Shazam, turns into a grown adult superhero. It's weird. Anyway, this movie, as I was watching it, I kept turning to Josh and whispering in his ear um, various ways that it reminded me of the National Treasure franchise. Uh, So rather than going through all of them, which Josh did recommend that I force Aubrey to do a comparison episode of this movie with National Treasure. (laughs) Rather than doing that, I'll give you a few of the highlights. So first of all, Dr. Helen Mirren was in the film. Uh, She was a goddess. Uh, She quite literally was the star of the film she elevated it to a level that like 
it should not have been elevated to based on the content. She was great. Um, so Helen Mirren was in it, so I was super excited about that. Uh, we also had some like old style like weird animal villain things which kind of reminded me of just like some of the treasure stuff that we have talked about it's very vague connection but most importantly the theme of the entire film was family and that to me screamed national treasure it was about found family rather than like biological family but i don't know i it it was weird it's superhero movie and i was seeing national treasure in it like ah everything's merging into one aubrey what's your scream (laughs) okay first of all that's an excellent scream and i'm very proud of you and we're absolutely not doing a comparison to shazam on this podcast it is shazam fury of the gods Whatever. Anyway, uh, my scream is a dream, as it feels like every other scream of mine these days is a dream. I guess I, you know, working on National Treasure Hunt a little too much. Never, right? Um, anyway, this particular dream was really strange. Um, I feel like I, w- I was kind of like floating in the ocean, and there were all around me just giant set pieces from National Treasure floating in the ocean. Don't don't ask me how they got there, why they were there. And then I like end up diving underwater and one of the set pieces is like a big ship underwater with gold figurines all sitting around the ship and the figurines are all American history relevant. Um, and then I'm like exploring around this ship and then all of a sudden, there's this giant gold penny. And then I woke up. That's all. <laughs> was the penny floating in the ocean? Well, it was like one of the figurines on the ship. It was like mounted. It was to attached the to the ship. Yeah, with with the other figurines. And then all the set pieces were floating around me. I don't know what this. They were. It was like one of those things where it was very clear that in my brain, in the dream, all these things were like from the set of National Treasure. I'm trying to make sense of it, but I can't. Do your so, dreams make sense, Emily? Uh, no, but... Thank you. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, If you also have dreams that don't make sense, pre- preferably those that are related to National Treasure, please let us know. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. Um, go ahead and find basically everything else that we do uh on our website at nthuntpodcast.com and go ahead and order our book National Treasure Hunt One Step Short of Crazy at tuckerdspress.com Okay so with all that out of the way I think it is time for us to dive into this very exciting assessment of where are they now minor character edition in National Treasure and National Treasure 2 So how this episode is going to look Well we are going to pick out five-ish minor characters from each film and we're going to introduce you to the actors who portrayed them. We're going to tell you a little bit about their careers prior to National Treasure, if those careers existed, and then of course what happened to those actors since 2004-2007, including where you can find them all on social media in case you want to give them a little follow. And then, Emily, I thought it would be really fun. Um, I would like to personally rate each actor's performance out of five lemons. Um, 
where obviously I, you know, five lemons, like five stars. So the, the more lemons, the better, obviously, because you need lots of lemons to expose a secret map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Um, so I thought I'd do that as well. Okay, like that sounds great, but I feel a little left out because you told me I couldn't look at the outline <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> but like, I want to rate them too. Uh, okay, so like out of five lemons? Oh, no gotta be more creative than that. well what are you gonna rate them out of <laughs> we'll see we'll see what comes to mind okay color me curious i'm very eager to see where this goes and for the record i do have to note that there are two particular characters who totally would have ended up on this list if you know in the past couple of years we didn't end up meeting them so specifically, that would be Agent Hendricks, a.k.a. Salazar, a.k.a. Armando Riesco, <laughs> as well Ooh. as Terrence Courier, who played Charles Carroll of Carrollton. But now they're our best friends, and so they have elevated in our world from minor character to very important character. Very, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I would say we even consider them very important characters from the beginning for well yeah and then of course edge of history came in and made armando's character literally super interesting um also um just as a quick caveat when i was prepping for this i did want to list some shows or movies that these actors have been in and the ones that i mention in terms of those shows and movies are going to be based on things that i recognize mm. are you know, somewhat widely well-known, okay. um, but by no means am I giving exhaustive lists because that would make this episode not only very long, but also way more boring. Okay. I mean, I don't see how this could be boring, Aubrey. I feel like we are giving the people the time of their lives. I mean, we're certainly going to try. So should we dive in with National Treasure characters? Let's do it. Just like Ben was going to do at the beginning of National Treasure 2 in the original filming script. Okay, yeah, that was a, that's a weird deep cut. Um, But yes, speaking of Ben, we all know Ben Gates, aka Nicolas Cage. But do y'all know Ben Gates as a child from the very beginning of the first National Treasure film? I think certainly wanted to know more about him it turns out that young ben gates is played by hunter gomez now hunter gomez was born in 1991 in arizona and he was definitely the type of actor that pops up in like one episode stints on like procedurals and sitcoms so examples of this especially as a child actor include Things like Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Oh my gosh, I watched both of those shows. Yeah, so now you're going to have to look really closely and like do a quick rewatch of a very particular episode so that you can see Hunter Gomez. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so his longest stints were 10 episodes of a show called Proper Manners and 8 episodes of Family Guy. Whoa. Was he older? Do we know when he did? Like, he was voicing various tertiary characters in Family Guy, and his last IMDb credit was in 2018. Um, so if you kind of do the math there... So I'm trying to do the math there. <laughs> 
we he's are actually teens, kind of teens. doing the math. <laughs> he would have been in his late teens, right? When he stopped? Yeah. Maybe he maybe he went to college. Wait, that's totally wrong. He would have been in his twenties. I can't Maybe math. he went to college later in life. <laughs> yeah, well, once I saw his current photo, because uh, you know, photos of him do exist online. This is the 21st century and it is 2023 um he looked super familiar and i have no idea why typically i'll see like an actor who's like a minor character and i'll be like why do they look familiar and then i go to their imdb and i search what they've been in and find something that's like oh i watched that i probably saw him there nope nothing nothing i have no idea why he looks so familiar interesting so, um, interestingly, despite the fact that he is a fairly young person and it is the year 2023, I am not confident that Hunter Gomez has any social media handles that are easy to find. Um, the ones that are linked on, like, his Google search panel are almost definitely not him. Mm. Like, you know, the pictures, like, don't match up. I have a new theory. I think in 2018, he went off the grid. I mean, it's very possible, and I think it's very important that if you're going to go off the grid, that you do not find yourself in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> good, good for you, Hunter. Wherever for- you are, you're probably not hearing this. Although, if you do hear this, we want to talk to you. So, like, come visit us on National Treasure Hunt, the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> okay, so especially because I, um, when it came to my lemon ranking... I give him a pretty good score, Emily. I give Hunter Gomez as Ben Gates, the child, four lemons, specifically because of the way he delivers the line, I so swear. <gasps> oh, yep, that, is, I mean, it's, it's yeah, he, he does it well. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, it's, you know, Christopher Plummer being all serious, like, I so swear. And then the kid being like, I so swear. Yeah, because he's just crikey, dude. Kid. I so swear. Like, you like know a what I mean? Kid. I it still sticks with me. So yeah, four four lemons for you, Hunter Gomez. You go, Hunter Gomez. Way to go, Hunter. Um I I mean I have to do this kind of on the spot because some people didn't let me see the outline before now, but I think I personally would rate Hunter's performance as a young Ben Gates as three ladder chairs and one ladder so basically three and a half units okay well we're vaguely on the same page here i guess um i three three and a half units wow if that is any indication of where that rest of this episode is going, man, gonna be great. Good luck one-upping that one. Want to move on to our next uh, batch of players? <laughs> batch of players? Sure. Yeah, because we're not talking one, we're talking a small group. Oh, yes. <laughs> These are the henchmen from uh, love National them. Treasure. Yeah, yeah. And out of curiosity, don't look at the sheet. How many henchmen do we know in National Treasure, the first one? Emily. Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um. Ian definitely says their names. Greg? No. 
Bartholomew. I I, I don't know. <laughs> so we we get four named ones at least. Um, who knows how many people Ian actually has working for him? Shaw, I'm very glad you got because he's very important to to our show here. Yeah, yeah. We also have Powell, Phil, Phil, Phil. <laughs> Maybe that was Phil Dumphy. <laughs> and Shippen. And I always found it really funny that like three of them get last names and one of them gets a first name. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Phil just... Phil. (laughs) Well, okay. So, these guys, it turns out the henchmen are really, really interesting. Are you ready for this? Let's start with everyone's favorite henchman, Shaw. I mean, yeah. Shaw is played by David Diane Fisher. And much like his accent would indicate in National Treasure, David is from the UK. Now, mm-hmm. I dare say National Treasure was his first, quote-unquote, big role. Like, it's a big movie. He had had a kind of a small role, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, afterwards, you're going to like this one, Emily. David was on one episode of Charmed. What, what episode? What season? I don't know. I didn't write it down. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to find that out, and I'll be back. Okay, great. Um, he also had one episode stints on shows like Numbers, Everybody Hates Chris, Medium, NCIS LA, and Burn Notice. Mm, okay, so I I looked it up. He was, um, as I should have assumed based on the timing of National Treasure, in a later season of Charmed in which there was a magic school. Um, which I don't remember very clearly because I feel like I didn't like the season. Um, his character name was Margoyle. Okay. Yes. Um, and he apparently was an th- the quote from the Charmed Wiki is an upper level demon who had taken residence in magic school and was interested in obtaining the virus. So good on you, Shaw. Oh my god, he was COVID before COVID was a thing. (laughs) That's great. Okay, well, very happy to make that connection for you. If you like that one, there's going to be a couple more Charmed appearances later this episode. But from my narrow perspective, David is perhaps most significantly known um, for being on 14 episodes of NCIS in the role of Trent Court. So this is probably, I, I don't know who this character is, but given that it was 14 episodes, I'm assuming he's some recurring like agent um, type of figure in a very, very long running procedural. Now, here's the kicker. Okay. Like Hunter Gomez, David also left Hollywood. Oh. However, he is not off the grid. Oh. David left Hollywood to create art and books under this moniker called The Power of Love. So that's like his name? That's like his brand. Like Prince? No. Or like National Treasure Hunt is our brand. Yeah, like a brand. Okay, Okay, okay. And the website for this says, quote, I used to play as an actor in Hollywood, but I walked away from that circus and took off my clown face and costume. I studied spiritual, 
psychology at the University of Santa Monica, California, and spend my time dedicated to doing the conscious inner work, end quote. Can I, mm, I have a lot of comments about this. Can I just say that studying spiritual psychology sounds like a very California thing? For sure. But like, you'll have to go check out his books. They're all like children's books. Oh. And Emily, between you and me, we might have to reach out to this guy to try to schedule an interview because I must know more. Really? Yeah, 100%. Um, That being said, if you would like to follow Shaw, nay, David Diane Fisher, you can find him at David Diane Fisher on Instagram. But I will warn you, if you follow him, you will see mostly quotes. I mean, that would be amazing to me. But they're mostly quotes of things that he's said. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that's a weird that's a weird brand for your your personal account. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen it before, but like for this particular guy, I find it a little striking. That's our story on Shaw. Wanna move on to the second henchman? Uh yeah. Who's who who even is Powell? So Powell um is the one with the Australian accent. Oh. So he has, like, the funny lines, like, oh, yeah, why yeah, doesn't yeah. that ever happen to me? That one, that's the guy. He's like the Riley of the henchmen. Exactly. So Powell is played by Stuart Finley McLennan. He is Australian. And he okay. was very active in the acting scene pre-National Treasure. His one-episode stints include One Life to Live. Ooh, I watched that. I know. ER. Oh, I was obsessed with that show. Nash Bridges no idea (laughs) and many many others plus a 20 episode appearance on a show called christy and then apparently there were many christy tv movies and stuff and he was recurring in all of those um like tv movies as well now interestingly national treasure really marked the kind of near end of his active career um he only has five more credits to his name after National Treasure, including one episode on Lost. <gasps> oh my goodness. Uh, I wish I can't go back and watch that show again because I got too sucked into it the first time. But if I did, I you, I would find him. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to. Well, maybe you will have to because it's the only place you're probably going to find him. Oh. I say this because like Hunter and like David... He's not super accessible right now. Um, According to his IMDb, he lives on a secluded ranch on the central California coast, and he has no social media presence. Hmm. I mean, cool that he's on a ranch? Sure. Well, sounds pleasant. Yeah, it does. Um, At least we know that much about him. We, We don't know where Hunter is. It's a good point. I mean, the third henchman, though, we do mm-hmm. know where he is. And spoiler Phil? alert, Phil, yeah, the mysterious Phil. Do you even know who Phil in National Treasure is? No, literally, no. I just keep thinking Phil Dunphy. Okay, there's one scene in which you will recognize him, okay? It's the scene where Ben Gates is, like, running across the rooftops in Philadelphia. He's being chased by a henchman, and then they get to, like, the last roof, and he turns around, and the henchman is there, and he's like, you know, give me the document. 
it's almost like a super Philly accent. That's Phil. And then Ben literally goes, all right, Phil. And then he, he throws the poster tube. You know, it's good when the only time you hear the character's name (laughs) is like from your main character at a point when you didn't really need to hear it. Like, I feel like you could have just been like, all right, and thrown the poster to rather than like, all right, Phil, like we said, we'd name you Phil. So we had to get it in here somewhere. Well, that's Phil. Now that I described it, though, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Okay, so Phil is played by Stephen A. Pope. Now, Stephen here is from Seattle. Okay. And he has, like, the longest IMDb list I have ever seen because he has been a stunt coordinator for literally everything. That makes me think maybe he was involved in the stunt or he would have been involved in, like, a stunt if it involved, like, jumping off of the roof of Independence Hall or Knott's Berry Farm. Perhaps he would have been, but um, as we know, that never came to fruition. But it does make sense as to why he was the the henchman tasked with chasing Nick Cage across rooftops, perhaps? Very true. So Stephen has exactly six acting credits, but they are so drowned out by all of the stunting on his IMDb that I literally couldn't even find them. Really? Yeah, I, I'm telling you. Pre-National Treasure, Stephen's notable stunting included Meet the Parents. So, like, part of the Meet the Fokker series. Yeah, yeah. A Beautiful Mind. Tuck Everlasting. Elf. <gasps> Barbershop 2. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay, so, like, I have seen most of these films... Granted, maybe only once, but what kind of stunts was uh, Stephen Stephen coordinating here? Almost every movie has stunting in it. But like, I'm having a hard time remembering what kind of stunt would be in Tuck Everlasting. Everything from running to jumping to driving to like anything like that would would count. Um, But what's even more impressive is what he does post National Treasure. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's a stuntman and a coordinator in I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rattle these off and you can okay. feel free to reserve your commentary for the end. Ready? Mm-hmm. War of the Worlds, The Pink Panther, Devil Wears Prada, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, American Gangster, I Am Legend, New Amsterdam, Love and Other Drugs, both twenty one and twenty two Jump Street. Now You See Me, The Wolf of Wall Street, Selma, A Wrinkle in Time, Avengers Infinity War, and Uncut Gems, among many others. Okay, first of all, that Avengers one got me. Second of all, the range. Yeah. We the go range from of this Pink man. Panther to Avengers Infinity War to Selma? Yeah. Woo. Way to go, Steven. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's more. How? Because some of his stunting roles have national treasure undertones, including he, he did stunt work for a TV miniseries called John Adams. Oh. And 
two Nicolas Cage movies, Lord of War and Sorcerer's Apprentice. What? Yeah, I am seriously impressed with this dude. Steven, Steven, if you're listening, can we talk to you? <laughs> that is quickly what this episode has become. Like, I mean, yeah, tell me we can find him. We can, actually. So you can find him at Stephen Pope, Stephen with the PH, on Instagram. <sighs> yes, okay. Well, Stephen, we're coming for you. Wait, <laughs> Wait. Not, not in that way. That sounds bad. In just a, like, friendly, like, hey, you can be on our podcast if you want kind of Yeah, that, that's appropriate. Um, okay, let's stop creeping him out and move on to our fourth and final henchman, shall we? Let's do it. All right, this one is also fascinating. Shippen is played by Oleg Taktorov. Okay. Now, Oleg is from Russia. And he is amongst Russia's most popular movie stars. What? Yeah. Um. It gets weirder in the best way. He is a former martial arts champion, including in competitions in the UFC. What is happening? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's the most interesting thing about him here. He has various roles. Um. He had a named role joseph in bad boys too so that's a little uh national treasure connections deep cut national treasure hunters will know why um post national treasure he was in a variety of foreign and american movies and shows things you might have heard of include two episodes of ncis Hmm. and uh the movie predators oh wow yeah so um (laughs) honestly I don't think we need to go much further than this because, like, again, mostly known for his martial arts. And if you're interested in martial arts, he apparently is still active in some capacity. And you can find him on social media and learn more about that (laughs) at Oleg Taktorov underscore official on Instagram and at Taktorov Oleg on Twitter. Now... Emily, you might be wondering why I haven't given you a uh, lemon score for each of the henchmen. And that's because I thought it would be most appropriate to rank them together as a unit. Ooh. So I give the National Treasure henchmen five out of five lemons. Let's be real. They are incredible. They fall into a pit. They have lines like, why doesn't that ever happen to me? You have Nicolas Cage uttering your screen name. All right, Phil. And so much more. Right? Like, they are, bar none, phenomenal. And, like, compared to the National Treasure 2 henchmen, who we will get to, they are running circles around them. Five out of five lemons. Ah, wow. I mean, I have to say I agree, although not with your rating system. Um, I personally want to give them collectively five out of five capital letters. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was really proud of myself for that one. Because it's important? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a name. Sorry, I can't help myself. When I hear it, I, like, have to say it. It's a problem. I'll move on now. Um, our next minor character is Stan. Do you know who Stan is, Em? 
Oh, is he? Oh, wait, is he the guy that Abigail is like on the date with? Yeah, yeah. So Stan, we only hear him really referred to as Stan in in the movie. Um, we do hear Doctor Herbert. I guess at one point he is Doctor Stan Herbert. He is played by Don McManus. Don is from California. He apparently graduated from Yale. Wow. And he has an even longer IMDb than Stephen Pope. Okay, let's go. So before National Treasure, one episode stints include All My Children, The Equalizer, Law and Order, Guiding Light, shout out to my mom and to my grandma, Seinfeld, Star Trek Voyager, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Diagnosis Murder, Dawson's Creek, mm. CSI Miami, Nip Tuck, oh. Malcolm in the Middle, Frasier, and many other shows and movies. I really had a hard time like narrowing down which ones to read because I recognized so many that I was like, okay, how do I artificially select ones here? <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, give okay, a you, you go, Don. Seriously. And then, of course, post-National Treasure, we get even more one-episode appearances like The Closer, Grey's Anatomy, Numbers, Saving Grace, Dexter, Supernatural, Psych, 24. We get an episode of Parks and Rec, Emily. What? Yes, he played someone named Randall. Does that ring a bell to you? No. <laughs> yeah, me either, to be honest. Um, maybe that's something we can Google really quick. Randall Parks and I guarantee once I see a picture. Oh. He's the spokesperson for Sweetums. You would recognize him if you saw the picture. Anyway. Okay. Um, other one episode stints post National Treasure. You're gonna start seeing a common thread here. And CIS, CSI, the mentalist, and this one's for you, M Castle. Oh I loved Castle when I was in college. I know you did. When That's we why we were in college. Why I included that just for you. Thank you so much, Aubrey. But more recently, people might actually know Don McManus from being on 10 episodes of the fairly popular TV show, Mom. Is that the one with Anna Ferris? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay. Um so that's that's Don McManus. He has no social media to be aware of. <laughs> Under socials, Aubrey writ literally has written none. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't all in on this guy. I hated his character in National Treasure, and maybe that's why I give him one lemon, maybe even half a lemon. I found him so annoying. I really particularly was annoyed when he was like following Abigail into um, the declaration like the preservation room when the declaration was like taken down there after Riley does the little laser trick and like she's typing in her password at the computer and he like tries to make it so obvious that he's like averting his eyes just like he's so theatrical and annoying and I don't like him and half a lemon for you wow okay um I actually I think I'm gonna go worse than you mm. and I'm gonna say um a solitary uh, spilled glass of champagne. Mm, very reasonable. Anything particularly annoying about him to you? Uh, he was getting in the way of Ben and Abigail's romance. <laughs> I should have expected that. Okay, moving right along, we have the 
National Archives gift shop clerk. Uh, can we even call her a minor character? I I mean, major character right there. So, so important. And she is played by Don Ballard. Now, Don is from Atlanta, and she's actually the daughter of civil rights activist Princella Howard Dixon. Now, Don only has eight acting credits, including one episode of The Bernie Mac Show, hmm. and she acted in a short, like a short, short film, like a short um, that she also wrote, and it was called Interception. Oh. Now, more interestingly, today, what is Dawn doing today, you may ask? Yeah. Well, she runs a, what seems like a very successful blog called The Yummy Factor by Dior. And it's all about healthy relationships and relationship coaching and things like that. Wow. I might have to check that out. You will find her at Dior Yummy Factor on both Twitter and Instagram. Oh, we love a consistent social media presence. We we do. We try to do it ourselves. Um, but everyone loves Dawn. Everyone loves her sass as the National Archives gift shop clerk. You know, are you trying to steal that? We take Visa. Sorry, I told you I can't stop. Anyway, I give Dawn five lemons specifically for. Are you trying to steal that? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I gotta go. I gotta go five uh, copies of the Declaration of Independence, but not the kind that they sell at the gift shop. Like, the kind that we learned about that there were other, like, copies of it that weren't the official one. Like, printed, like, the printed she, ones? Yeah, she gets them. Oof. Oh, that is, that is high praise, Don. Dawn is great. All right. Well, we're going to move on to one of my favorite minor characters in National Treasure. The kid who solved the Ottendorf cipher. Oh, You love, personally, I love looking into a child actor because it's like, what the heck have they done since? You know? Yeah. So the kid who solved the Ottendorf cipher was played by Eve Banesh. Eve is from Long Island. Okay. And he was a child actor in not only National Treasure, but also one episode of Law and Order and one of As the World Turns. Oh, okay. Now, he, you might recall, was pretty young in National Treasure. Yeah. Tiny child. Uh, so he's Tiny still child. fairly young. He's like kind of our age-ish, you know, a little younger. He has been... An assistant to the director on popular shows such as Blackish, Grownish, and most recently, Bob Hart's Abishola. Whoa, bro, look at you go! Yeah, and then, you know, in his spare time, he also writes and directs short films, like the film festival type films. What? Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah, and if you're interested in learning more about his experiences, you can follow him at Eve Banesh on Twitter. And I kind of betrayed this when I was introducing the character. I was really fascinated by his learning his story as an actor. But I also really did enjoy um, his brief stint in National Treasure. I give him four lemons. I do have to deduct him one lemon specifically for his criticism of Riley's handwriting when he says that doesn't look like an N. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. It's an unfortunate mishap, right? Unfortunate. I mean, you can't criticize Riley and get away with it on this podcast. Yeah, well, even... you can because we do it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> only when we do it is it okay. Um, let's see. I I mean, honestly, this kid really he was great. I feel like I need to give him four and a half um like septa buses mm, okay you know the thing he almost got ran over with slash okay well you go glenn coco uh we have two more characters to talk about from national treasure before we go into the second movie and if you thought that we're a little lengthy already i'm here to tell you national treasure the first movie had some great minor characters national treasure 2 way fewer so mm. let's move right along here to the Urban Outfitters clerk. Uh, okay. I don't remember this lady super well, but I do remember, like, the scene. Yeah, so this is going to be one of my favorite revelations of this episode. Are you ready? I am prepared. So the Urban Outfitters clerk was played by Alexandra Balahudis. She's from Santa Monica, California. She has nine, like, tertiary-type role credits, so these, like, minor characters, including, wait for it, Con Air. Oh! She played a waitress. And Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh! She played a DMV clerk. She clearly has an affinity for Nicolas Cage movies. But here's some other uh, fairly big movies. She had minor roles in Coyote Ugly. She was a hostess and Confessions of a Shopaholic, where she played the manager of a Prada store. Now, that latter one, the Confessions of a Shopaholic, was her last IMDb credit post-National Treasure. And I'm like, how the heck is this girl only have like nine credits, but they're all in these massive movies? And then I learned, wait for it, she's Jerry Bruckheimer's stepdaughter. Oh, mic drop! Yeah, always read the IMDb biographical info, people. Oh, gosh! Also explains why she's in those Nick Cage movies, right? Yeah! Yeah, Um, and you might ask yourself, uh, what is Jerry Bruckheimer's stepdaughter doing now? Clearly she must be in more massive movies, right? You would be wrong. Currently, Alexandra is a botanical perfumer. Oh, cool. Um, if you'd like to learn more about her and her life, uh, you can follow her at a Balhudis on Instagram, but unfortunately it is private. So you can request her and let us know how that goes for you. <laughs> yeah. See, see if you can see if you can make your way in there. Uh, I mean, we, we want to talk to Jerry Brockheimer. So that's a good point. <laughs> if we can get in through that route, if anyone can, can help Dude, us get in, let, let us me, know. Let me see. Should we try to add her? I can't believe I haven't done this yet. It's happening um, in real time, people. Yeah. Founder. All right, I'm going to click follow. We'll see how that goes. Okay. How do we rate Alexandra's performance as the Urban Outfitters clerk? I got to say, and I'm a little disappointed to have to do this, I can only give her three lemons. I mean, like you said it yourself, her performance is pretty unmemorable. Yeah, I, I was going to do something. I was actually going to go uh, a little lower than that. 
I was going to give her uh, two empty water bottles mm. uh, because, I mean, she was also rude to the characters. She, we don't like that. We don't like that, but we can't give her less. We can't give her too low because then maybe Jerry Bruckheimer is going to get mad at us, you know? Oh, yeah. In that case, two full water bottles. Mm, okay. I like that backtracking. That's very, very helpful. Um, all right. I think that does it with Alexandra. Aubrey. Aubrey. Okay, but, like, there's another minor character that I feel is, like, crucial to this film. And that is the butcher lady behind the butcher station in Reading Terminal Market. Are we going to talk about her? She is last but certainly not least. Amazing. <laughs> She's everyone's favorite minor character in National Treasure. Uh, the Reading Terminal Market butcher lady is played by Sharon Wilkins. Now, Sharon is from New York and has actually had a number of Broadway roles. She was also in a number of things pre-National Treasure, including having named roles in Two Weeks Notice and Made in Manhattan. She also had unnamed roles in Bad Boys 2 and iRobot. Oh. Now, post-National Treasure, she had one or a few episode stints on 30 Rock, Law & Order SVU. Hmm. Switched at Birth, which is a show that I've seen a few episodes of. Is that a which... freeform show? It is. It okay. is. Um, and others. She's also been in some movies that I personally haven't heard of. Um, apparently, one of her more known roles is something I have not heard of called Did You Hear About the Morgans? Hmm. Um, but yeah, so she exists. She's had a varied career. And you can find her on Twitter at shrwilkie 7 but I have to warn you, she's not been active on Twitter since 2015. I was literally about to go follow Twitter. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, I don't think she's a lurker either because, you don't. you know, sometimes you can see how what people have liked and stuff. Yeah. Pretty inactive, unfortunately. Oh, Sharon. But Sharon, thank you so much for your work. And I give you for your work five lemons specifically for the line, I see why you left him. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's it's got to be five, five of something. I mean, what and what else are we gonna give Sharon besides five cold cuts of meat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which sounds worse than I meant it to, <laughs> but it is high praise because we love it when she sticks up for a woman who she sees in a potentially abusive situation. Good on you, Sharon. Honey, stay as long as you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, though, not for her on Twitter, because she only stayed till 2015. Indeed. All right. Are we ready to move to National Treasure 2? Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with another small unit. We're going to keep this kind of brief, because to be fair, these characters don't interact with, like, Ben Gates at all, but they're still pretty important. And they are the characters of Thomas Gates, John Wilkes Booth, and Michael O'Loughlin. Okay. I recognize two of them. What is wrong with you? So much, but we don't have time for that. Let's start with Thomas Gates. He is played by Joel Gretsch. Okay, that name sounds familiar to me. Really? I don't know why. (laughs) I mean, once I read any of this to you, tell me if it might make sense i don't know so he's from minnesota he's married to melanie shatner 
And Melanie is an actress and William Shatner's daughter. Um, maybe he is something you would recognize. I mean, he has a fairly long IMDb. Uh, Pre-National Treasure, he had one episode stints on Married with Children, Melrose Place, Friends, JAG, CSI Miami, and New York. Hmm. Anything? Anything yet? No? No, I got, I got nothing. Okay, well, he was also on 11 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful and 43 episodes of The 4400. Oh, okay. He was also on an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which listeners of the pod have heard me talk about before. Okay, I don't know. I I don't think that's where I know his name from, though, so. Interesting. Okay, well. I'm just going crazy. Post-National Treasure, and recall, now we're on National Treasure, too, so post-National Treasure means post-2007. He was on 22 episodes of a show called V, four episodes of NCIS. He played Special Agent Stan Burley. Seven episodes of The Vampire Diaries. He played Peter Maxwell. Mm. And, you know, he had some more one-offs. Most recently, some one-offs on the show All Rise. Um, Never heard of it. He's another case where I don't think the social media accounts linked to his Google Knowledge panel are actually him, unfortunately. But um, maybe he will be your equivalent of Hunter Gomez. Maybe you're going to look at his name and be like, I swear I know him from something. And then you just can't identify it. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Well, let's speed right along um, to he's the protagonist in the flashback. Let's talk. Um, let's talk antagonist here. John Wilkes Booth, right? Mm-hmm. He's played by Christian Camargo. And. I sometimes I wonder what it must feel like to play someone so like nefarious and bad and hated from history. That's gotta Fair. be wild, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. Uh that'd be interesting for sure. So anyway, Christian is from New York. He has a fairly lengthy IMDB. Um, pre-national treasure, his one-offs, we get some more soap operas here including Guiding Light. Um, But we see some of our recurring shows, CSI, Ghost Whisperer, and admittedly mostly things I had not heard of before. Mm. Uh, Post-National Treasure, his one-offs include Law & Order, Numbers. I don't know how many, like, I never watched Numbers. Was this, like, popular? I've heard of it. So many of these people were in Numbers. I think Numbers was fairly popular. I haven't seen it, but I, I heard about it a lot, yeah. He was also in uh, Medium, The Mentalist, The Good Wife, Elementary, House oh. of Cards. Whoa. Yeah, these are some names. Um, and he was on 10 episodes of Dexter. Okay. I haven't seen that, but that I do know that was a popular show. Yeah, and we're talking we're talking like the original Dexter. I I think they're either they either just brought it back or are bringing it back. We're talking OG. Um, But he might have had a little more success in film. Why, you may ask? Well, he was in The Hurt Locker, but I don't know. Some millennials on the pod uh, who are listening today might like to know that uh, Christian Camargo, good old John Wilkes Booth, was in Twilight Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2. Oh, my goodness. I did not see those films. I saw some of the other Twilight films. I sincerely hope that he played a vampire. (laughs) Because then 
it would be like John Wilkes Booth as a vampire. I love that. And I just feel like that's something we need more of in life. I think there's like a book that exists called like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or something. That was a movie. They made that into a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I I feel like he could have been he could have been hunting John Wilkes Booth as a vampire. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is the National Treasure spinoff we never knew we needed. And we cannot make this because we do not have time, but somebody should. (laughs) Okay, well, if you want to talk to Christian Camargo about this experience, uh, spanning National Treasure and Twilight, you can find him at The Real Camargo on Instagram. So go ahead and do that. Um, Now it's time to get to the third... um, you know, flashback character from National Treasure 2, the one that Emily doesn't remember, which is really sad because we talked about him a lot this season because of all the revelations about him. This is the character of Michael O'Loughlin, the, like, conspirator who works with John Wilkes Booth in the tavern. Uh, mm-hmm. Emily, you disappoint me. Good Lord. I mean, yeah. Well, this I disappoint is- myself. Stop it. This is quickly going to become one of my favorite interludes of this episode. So Michael O'Loughlin was played by Brent Briscoe. Now, this guy immediately looked super familiar to me. And initially, I'm like, why does he look familiar? Maybe it's because he kind of looks like the guy who played Hagrid in Harry Potter. And then I literally wrote down (laughs) in our document. So I was realizing this in real time. I literally wrote, oh, Haggis, no, it's because he played JJ from JJ's Diner in Parks and Rec. Oh my gosh, no, yeah, <laughs> JJ, that's Michael Lachlan, that's Brent Briscoe with the waffles, the waffles, yeah. Well, that made me really excited, and then I promptly got really sad because I learned that he died in 2017. Oh no, but. Mad respect. He has 93 acting credits on IMDb. Um, even pre-National Treasure, most of his TV stints were multi-episode, and he had a bunch of movies. So, for example, we're talking seven episodes on Evening Shade, three on Days of Our Lives, and then movies like A Simple Plan and The Green Mile. Um, one episode appearances include very... Uh, well-known things including things we've talked about already today 24 jag numbers Mm, (laughs) numbers house gray's anatomy bones medium csi desperate housewives ncis scandal and brooklyn 99 he was on bones as a one episode right i mean yeah and then He had some small roles in some bigger movies. So, for example, he played a garbage man in Spider-Man 2. Oh. And post-National Treasure, he played a homeless guy in Yes Man and a veteran cop in Dark Knight Rises. Ooh. He was also on seven episodes of Twin Peaks, which I am mentioning because of our publishers, Tucker DS Press. They publish a lot of content on Twin Peaks. So we got a little crossover event there. Truly. Um, So in place of his social media presence, I have just written RIP. Yeah. Brent Briscoe. So Emily, once again, I wanted to rank these or rate 
the performance of these characters as a unit. And I'm going to give them a solid four lemons. I find the opening of National Treasure 2 to be very memorable. I really respect the high fidelity that they are portraying a lot of events in. And you know I love the fact that Michael O'Loughlin was like a real person in history. So, Mm -hmm. you know, four lemons it is. Okay, okay. I think I have to give them probably four and a ripped portion of a booth diary page all right that's that's high praise as well yeah i mean they were great they were great well let's move on to less great shall we (laughs) (laughs) sorry too too aggressive (laughs) less great in terms of acting or just all around mostly the characters themselves we're talking about another unit here this is the national treasure two henchmen Uh, okay okay yeah, so we know these these guys as Daniel and Seth. A reminder to our listeners that IMDb doesn't know this, but we can tell you with high fidelity that Daniel and Seth both have the last name of Wilkinson because they are Mitch's brothers. So, we're going to talk about Daniel and Seth individually, but for the absolute record, I could not tell you who is who in the movie. <laughs> Okay. Like, once I Google the actors, I can tell you which one is which, because, like, I can see. Um, But in terms of their performance, they're so, like, how do I put this nicely? (laughs) Non-script. So inconsequential. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember a ton of scenes with them, to be fair. Especially compared to the National Treasure henchmen, right? Yeah. Like they had a lot to live up to here. So the first one, Daniel, is played by Michael Mays. Uh, Michael is from Milwaukee. Pre-National Treasure, his one-off appearances include NCIS, Angel. <gasps> yeah, a character called Artoad. Does that mean anything to you? I'm going to look it up. Keep going. Okay, well, you're going to have another thing to look up because he was also uncharmed. <gasps> okay. Okay, I'll be back. Keep going. Okay, he was also on ER, CSI New York, and I'll give you a wild guess as to the last one. Uh, WandaVision? I don't know. Numbers! Good lord. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Post-National Treasure, Michael's one-offs include Without a Trace, Castle... Okay, moment here. This guy's original, he was apparently born with the name Michael Meyer. (laughs) So, like, maybe he changed that for a reason. Okay, well, back to post-National Treasure. You did not react to Castle, so I will continue. The Mentalist, True Blood, Hawaii Five-0, The Blacklist, Blue Bloods, Rizzolian Isles. He was also on six episodes of Mr. Robot, You, and Chicago PD. Wow, he's really making his way around. The TV shows. Well, especially recently. He was on two recent remakes, two episodes of the new Charmed show, and three episodes of Pretty Little Liars' original Sin. Now, I will mention he has one, uh, let's say, part that is National Treasure relevant. He played Billy Herndon in 2013's Saving Lincoln. Hmm. Herndon, you say? Yes, but... 
you're you're thinking of what I was hoping you would think of Herndon House. Yeah, well, it yeah. turns out Billy Herndon is the name of President Lincoln's biographer. Whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, if you'd like to follow Michael, you can find him not at Michael Meyer for reasons Emily alluded to, probably, but instead at Michael Mays, Mays like corn, on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And moving right along to basically the identical character, we have Seth. Seth is played by Timothy V. Murphy. He is Irish. So I guess it's a good thing he didn't talk. I was going to say, I feel like that would have helped us to tell them apart. Also, how would he have been Mitch's brother? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. So uh, Timothy B. Murphy, 118 acting credits. Whoa. Yeah. And seemingly more movies than TV shows. Pre-National Treasure, these are mostly things that I have never heard of, so I'm going to assume that you and most of our listeners haven't either. But post-National Treasure, his one-offs include more repetitives csi new york shameless <laughs> burn notice revenge ncis la hawaii 50 chicago pd the new charmed and six episodes of criminal minds he was also in two episodes of westworld hey yes ed harris stars in that he uh-huh. was also in appaloosa appaloosa is a movie that um, was directed by and starred in by ed harris himself <laughs> so i've I've just got to say we got these ed harris connects but timothy v murphy clearly has an affinity for national treasure villainry he plays a national treasure villain he's worked with ed harris well guess what he was also on nine episodes of snowpiercer oh snowpiercer stars do you know who sean bean exactly but I would say that Timothy's biggest claim to fame is probably in The Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. Hmm. And per IMDb, quote, he was voted best villain in American television for his work on Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. So kind of real and a big deal. Yeah, that, that feels like a big deal. I, I didn't watch it, but that feels like a big deal. <laughs> So if you want to find him online, he is at Tim V. Murphy on Twitter and Instagram. And it is time now for me to rank the uh, performance of Mitch's henchmen as a whole. And I can really only give them, and this is generous, two lemons. They are wildly inconsequential. And they really only get two lemons from me because we were able to unearth so much more about their backstory by reading the National Treasure 2 book. And like having those details available to me made me a little bit happy. So I couldn't, you know, they get the extra lemon for that, even though they had absolutely no role in making that information available to me. Um, Emily, what do you think about their performance? A lemon seed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. Leave it at that. All right. Well, we're gonna go from uh one set of actors that whose characters I did not love to another minor character who I low-key despise, also related to newfound knowledge from the National Treasure Two book. This is none other than Dr. Nichols. Oh, uh, okay. He is the curator that takes over kind of the 
analysis of the Booth Diary page. We meet him at the very beginning of the present day scenes of National Treasure 2. And we learn, if you listen to National Treasure Hunt the podcast, or if you've read National Treasure Hunt One Step Short of Crazy, you will know that Dr. Nichols is actually a bad guy. He was helping Mitch the whole time, even though that part got cut out of the movie. Anyway, Dr. Nichols is played by Albert Hall. Now, Albert Hall is from Alabama, and he was born in 1937. Um, what? Yeah, I saw that number, and I was like, is that possible? (laughs) (laughs) Because I am bad at math, so that means that Albert is currently 85 years old. You know, currently as in terms of the the time of this podcast recording. Mm -hmm. Now, we had a Yale graduate earlier. Got Mm -hmm. another Ivy League grad here. Albert graduated from Columbia. Ooh, nice job, Albert. Indeed. And his acting credits go all the way back to 1968. He had many, many one-offs early on, but I would say that his significant early work includes movies like um, Malcolm X, Mm. Rookie of the Year, and Beloved. Okay. He was also on 51 episodes of the show Ally McBeal, um, and, you know, five episodes of The Young and the Restless, something that I'm more familiar with as a yeah, general yes. concept, <laughs> you know. Um, but like even all of his good work, all of his prowess and experience does not make him immune to the likes of 24, Grey's Anatomy, ER, and Days of Our Lives. Because mm. there's some things that just all actors have to do. I mean, there. I feel like everyone was on ER. I feel that way about numbers. <laughs> NCIS, maybe? Yeah, that one Any too. number of the shows we've mentioned. 100%. Okay, well, Albert's last IMDb credit was 10 episodes of a show called Men of a Certain Age, which ran from 2009 to 2011. Hmm. And I do want to point out um, a national treasure adjacency here in... 1979 he played chief phillips in the movie apocalypse now which is a francis ford coppola film oh wow that's cool i would not have known that because i was specifically told by my high school history teacher to never watch that movie because it would disturb me beyond belief wow okay the more you know um and i just gotta say probably not surprising you're not going to find him on social media. Now it's time for me to give him a scathing review. This very well-established actor who uh, now gets to be rated by someone like myself who has absolutely no qualifications for doing so. Um, Albert Hall, unfortunately, I'm forced to give you one lemon. Not because of your performance per se, but more because you're a secret bad guy and I really hate Dr. Nichols. Mm. I'm going to give him... um a only partially completed doctorate as my rating. (laughs) I love that. Let's move on to another very inconsequential minor character, but as previously discussed, I like diving into the child actors, and there's Mm -hmm. one child actor in National Treasure 2. Do you know who I'm talking about, Em? Yeah, it's the little kid that talks back to Ben. Yes, the obnoxious kid on the White House lawn during the Easter egg roll. 
um, super unimportant, so unimportant that when you watch National Treasure as it's airing on like Freeform for Fourth of July, you know how they like cut out certain portions so that it fits within the viewing window. This is a scene that gets cut out every time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I'm sorry, actor Zachary Gordon, but uh, you get cut out of National Treasure a lot of the time. So, Mr. Zachary Gordon is another one that I look at him and I'm like, you look so freaking familiar. Um, 2007, Year of National Treasure 2, was what I would consider to be his breakout year. He had other child actor roles beyond Book of Secrets that year. Um, And then after National Treasure, he had one-off stints in 24, Mm. How I Met Your Mother, Mm. Last Man Standing, and The Resident. Now, interestingly, he has spent a lot of time in voice acting. Oh. I'm just going to give you a couple of examples of animated things that he has done voices in. There you go. Uh, These include Madagascar Escape to Africa, Search for Santa Paws, some Batman animated thing that I do not recognize and I guarantee you wouldn't either. I mean, it's Batman, so of course not. Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. <laughs> Robot Chicken. Mm. Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And more. So Zachary Gordon, it turns out, played the leading role in Diary of a Wimpy Kid and all of its sequels. So this oh. is really what put him on the map. And so this is where I'm like, okay, but... I really recognize this kid, but I did not see Diary of a Wimpy Kid or any of its sequels. So at this point, I'm looking at his IMDb and I'm like, oh my god, he's in five episodes of Good Trouble. Which, Emily, you've heard me talk about recently on National Treasure Hunt because Dustin Ingram, Miles in Edge of History, is also in Good Trouble. Um, So then I'm like, okay, that must be why I recognize Zachary Gordon, but I have absolutely no recollection of him being in this show. And then I'm like, oh, wait, now I remember he is, he plays the son of this important judge who had like a lot of legal troubles. The kid had a lot of legal troubles himself, and he was like very unpleasant as a character. Hmm. Um, So yeah, this guy... National Treasure might have been his start, but he is doing well for himself. And if you want to follow him, you can find him at Zachary Gordon on Twitter and Instagram. And now it comes the ever important time to rank his performance. And Zachary, man, if you're listening, I'm real happy for you. You have clearly taken this wildly inconsequential role, just like the henchman. So is your character in National Treasure 2. Let's be honest. Let's agree. I mean, honestly, half the people don't know you were in it because your scene does not appear in screenings of National Treasure. But I could get past the inconsequentialness of your character. What I can't get past is how rude you are to Nicolas Cage. You get zero lemons, my friend. Mm. Zero lemons as the obnoxious White House lawn kid. Okay, I think I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm going to have to differ with you slightly. I'm going to give him two Easter eggs. Now, granted, they have been rolled. Mm. So, might not be as good anymore. Maybe the chocolate inside them is a little banged up. But, for as much as he annoyed me as a character, 
I do have to say that I remember him very <laughs> distinctly, which I feel like, compared to some of the other people we've talked about, is a good sign. <laughs> so. Well, clearly you're not the only one who felt that way, because he has made it big in Hollywood. He was memorable to others as well. Speaking of memorable, Emily, we have one more minor character to talk about from National Treasure 2. Um, and I feel like this ca- particular character, we artificially think of him as an important character because he's played by a fairly important person. But in reality, he's, as a character, pretty minor. Yeah. This is none other than Connor Hamilton, a.k.a. Ty Burrell, a.k.a. Phil Dunphy. Phil Dunphy! <laughs> Phil, it is your time. Your t- you all know him as Phil Dunphy in Modern Family. And you know, Ty Burrell, come chat with us on National Treasure Hunt. We won't ask you a single question about Modern Family. I'm sure you get those questions so much that you hate them. We want to talk to you all about your total of five minutes of screen time in National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. I, I guarantee you, we will ask you questions you have never gotten before probably because no one actually cares but we do okay do we want him or not (laughs) because if so you can't say that i don't mean people don't care about him people don't care about this role as much (laughs) we do a lot so do our listeners okay anyway do you want to know a little bit about ty burrell because i'll tell you (laughs) ty burrell he's from oregon national treasure he was kind of making his way into some bigger things he was in black hawk down and dawn of the dead but he was also amongst the one-off crowds he was in the west wing law and order as well as svu and 21 episodes of a show called out of practice but it's really post national treasure that his star is on the rise he was in the incredible hulk in 2008 and 17 episodes of a show called Back to You. He was also in Muppets Most Wanted, and, of course, he was on Modern Family for its full run from 2009 to 2020. Yeah. I know him from nothing aside from Modern Family. I have not seen him in any of these other things. I mean, for the record, he also has done... um, voice acting specifically during his time on modern family so he was uh, a voice actor in mr peabody and sherman the penguins of madagascar finding dory and storks mm, okay and i just have to uh round this out by saying you know we say that in national treasure 2 he's phil dunphy right yeah but which came first the chicken or the egg emily isn't he really connor hamilton in Modern Family, since National Treasure came first? No, because you just said that his role is inconsequential. But it was still came first. And if we argue that Connor Hamilton as a character really reminds us of Phil Dunphy as a character, one of those characters, even if they're unimportant, came first. So I think from here on out, We should really, in any conversation about modern family that we might have in our daily lives, we should be referring to Phil Dunphy as Connor Hamilton and see this as an opportunity because we can 
have these conversations with other people and then people will be like why are you calling him connor hamilton and then we can be like a uh, national treasure and we can go into the whole diatribe and then pull those people into the national treasure hunt universe as listeners and we can drag them into the parkington lane pit with us okay uh, I promise that sounds less murderous than Aubrey just made it sound. Uh, moving away from the creepy vibes that we just got, Aubrey, how do you rate Phil Dunphy? I rate Connor Hamilton with five lemons. A star is born. <laughs> You're welcome, world. National Treasure gave you Phil Dunphy. He was Connor Hamilton first. I am going to give him five times that he is allowed to call Abigail Abby, and that's it. Honestly, that is more than anyone should be able to call her Abby. It so is. <laughs> that means you must have really liked him. I did. All right. Well, unfortunately, much like almost all of the major characters and major actors in National Treasure... Tyrell does not have social media, which probably is, wise of him. I find it extremely disappointing, personally. Um, and he's really the last character that I wanted to talk about. I mean, National Treasure Two, like I said, by and large, the minor characters way less memorable than in the first mm-hmm. movie. You know? Yeah. Like the characters, the 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 National Archives clerk, the butcher lady. I would even say the Urban Outfitters clerk, like these minor characters are somewhat iconic. Mm -hmm. They each have at least one great line that I think most National Treasure fans can recite. Like that is just the mark of beautiful writing. And we salute you, minor character actors. We do. Um, Aubrey, thank you so much for for that. That was that was quite entertaining. My personal favorite revelation from this episode was learning that the Urban Outfitters clerk is Jerry Bruckheimer's stepdaughter. Um, And that is now a fact I will never be able to forget. And I hope the same is for all of our listeners as well. I have to say, I think my favorite uh, part was recognizing that none of these actors are above soap operas and television medical slash crime procedurals. Some things really level the playing field. True. You know? So yeah, uh, hopefully this was interesting to y'all. It certainly was for us. Yeah. If you um, want to tell us more about your thoughts or if you have made contact with any of these people <laughs> on social media, let us know on our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. And please check out everything that we do over on our website, nthuntpodcast.com I also like I kind of want to issue a call to action if you go to these people's social media send them a DM and say you want to hear them on National Treasure Hunt mm. maybe that'll uh, maybe that'll get us some some interesting bonus content in the future who knows um, that being said we do have one more episode coming this season we've very quickly reached the end of season 6 what's next episode Season finale interview. What? And just like usual, we're not going to tell you who we're talking to. You're just going to have to come back to find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so until then, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our national treasure hunt. <laughs>